So I'd like to welcome up at this time to speak to us, especially on the honor, the occasion of Israel's 65th birthday, the Consul General for the State of Israel, Akiva Tor. Well, I love Rabbi Yonatan also. And he's also very adept at Talmud. And uh, I've enjoyed every moment we've ever spent together. The first thing I want to say is, can you believe how young our soldiers are? And uh, to our soldiers, I want to say thank you for being here on Yom Smooth instead of at home with your families. And um, if you had any trouble with the sound, well, it's much more difficult uh, when shells are falling and you have to entertain the troops in difficult conditions. And thank you for everything you're doing. So I'm going to speak a little bit about the, the portion. Uh, the portion this week is Tazria Mitzorah. It is the portion about leprosy. Uh, all kinds of forms of leprous contamination of purses, persons, clothing, vessels, and houses. It's spread out in two separate portions, but mercifully, they're put together in one week. So we do all the leprosy in one week and then go on to other things. Now, it's interesting about this malady, uh, which uh, appears uh, in, the, in the portion. Again, you can get it on your person or on your clothing or on your dishes or on your houses, which is particularly bad because it's very hard, hard to solve. But the, the commentators, even the commentators who were given to naturalistic explanations of things in the Bible, uh, miracles, uh, or um, uh, for Maimonides, who always tried to explain things in a naturalistic way, and Nachmanides as well, they view this malady as something spiritual, not, not something that you would find in Merck's medical manual. What were the reasons? Well, they had, there, were, there were a number of reasons why they were pushed to a spiritual explanation. Number one, why on earth is leprosy the only, um, only uh, uh, malady that we have that's discussed uh, at length in the Bible? Wouldn't it, have, wouldn't it have been better if we had the cure to the common cold mentioned somewhere in the Bible? But only leprosy is mentioned. We don't find other kinds of illness. It must be that this is something different. Number two is when it comes to the treatment of homes, the Bible understands the idea of contagion, but it says that if you discover leprosy in a house, you have to take all the vessels out and then begin to deal with it. If it was really a medical condition, the Torah would have told us to keep all the vessels inside and contain everything until the problem is solved in order not to spread disease. And uh, number three is because uh, uh, Maimonides and Nachmanides and the other medievalists were all empiricists. They had never seen such a disease anywhere. And uh, we had in my own synagogue in the East Bay, we had a, uh, a lecture last year by a, by a, by a university-trained uh, dermatologist, university doctor dermatologist, who assured us that what is described in the Bible is not leprosy as we know it. It's not Hansen's disease. It's something that has never been observed and doesn't occur in nature. Uh, so the way of uh, dealing with this is a uh, spiritual malady or some sort of spiritual disease, then what causes it? 
And it's very common, both in Midrash and in all of the commentators, to view it as something which is linked to evil speech, to Lashon Hara, to speaking badly. We get this actually from three different directions. First of all, it, it's the punishment which is given out to Miriam when she speaks badly about her brother Moses. The other thing is it's something when Moses has to uh, prove to the uh, Israelites that he's a true uh, messenger of God, he puts his hand in his vest, it comes out with what's called leprosy or tzarat, and then he puts it in his heel, and that's connected to the fact that Moses did not believe that he could convince the Israelites. So he, in a way, spoke badly about the Israelites. And the other thing is the very name of it, which is in Hebrew, mitzorah, which is similar to motzira, or to speak badly. Now, um, the, uh, it, when, our, when our rabbis spoke about this, they, they consider evil speech uh, something very, very, very terrible. They even equated it to uh, denying the creator. Why? Because to speak badly about a person is in a way to to speak badly or to denigrate the creator of the person or the image which is in which people are created, which is the creator themselves. What does it mean to speak evil speech? Well, the Chafetz Chaim wrote a whole book about it. So I'll just simplify as I understand it. Uh, I think that, by the way, evil speech can be true speech. That's uh, it's not only, it's not only to, to slander, it's to speak truthfully, badly about people. But I think it means to do it in a malicious, unhelpful, and unconstructive way. In other words, to criticize even truthfully, but maliciously and unhelpfully. That is, that is the bad speech which our portion is talking about. Now something interesting, the leprosy which occurs in homes. We're told in our portion that it began to occur in homes when the children of Israel entered the land of Israel. In fact, it only happens in Israel. This malady only happens in structures which exist within the borders of the land of Israel or, let's say, the state of Israel. Uh, what's the reason? Why should it happen? I mean, let's say people speak badly in their homes. It should contaminate homes anywhere. Why only in the land of Israel? The Ibn Ezra said that the reason is because of the holiness of the land of Israel and the fact that in the land of Israel the, 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 the temple is built. In other words, Israel is a holy place and therefore if you speak badly in your house, something not good happens there. But I actually understand this in three different ways. Number one, it's a particular sin to speak evil or to speak badly or maliciously about the land of Israel and uh, hence Homes in Israel are affected. Number two, uh, homes in the land of Israel or the land of Israel itself uniquely attract calumny and bad, bad speech for all kinds of reasons, maybe because of the place's specialness. And uh, number three, I think that regarding Israel, any criticism looks like a really big blot or stain on the wall because our image and our desire and what we want from the country is so high and so pristine. In other words, because we want a country which will be perfectly white and beautiful and shining, anything bad looks like a huge stain. And that's only in Israel. That's not in houses anywhere else, where stains somehow 
just merge into the woodwork a little bit. Uh, in the, the uh, portion uh, in the, that we read from the prophets this week, we read the story of the four lepers who are stuck outside of besieged Jerusalem and the entire camp of Aram of Sancherib is outside. And the lepers are starving because the city is starving and no one has brought them any food because they're in the outside camp getting better. So they figure, what the heck are we going to do? How are we going to survive our, our period of contagion? And they decide to walk over to the camp of Aram and ask for food there. Either they'll give us food or, and we'll live or, or they'll kill us, but we're going to starve to death anyway. And they walk into the camp of Aram and they, they, they discover that the entire camp is abandoned. The entire army has left. Why? Because the army uh, of Sancherev uh, thought that they heard something outside. They thought that they heard uh, the king of the Hittites coming or they heard horses. They said one thing to another. They talked each other into a panic and they fled. And then the lepers go back into the city and everyone comes out and they, uh, the city is able to sustain itself just from the food which, which is in Aram's camp. But what do we learn from this? We learn from this that a particularly pernicious form of evil talk is malicious self-criticism or an internal dialogue which is destructive and not helpful. Self-criticism is the most important thing. A society that's able to be self-critical is the most important thing. But it's so important to do it in a way which is malicious, constructive, truthful in a, in, a, in a real way, in a way to, 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 to criticize ourselves and our societies in a way that we can hear each other. Um, the ones that, uh, the other reason why self-criticism, which is malicious, is so bad is because, especially when we speak about our families or our homes, if we speak Lashon Hara, evil talk about our, our own family or homes or societies, uh, instead of criticizing in a right way, we should know better because we know our families, we know our societies, we know our countries. We should know better than to speak in a way that cannot be heard. Uh, I think Israel as a country must always be self-critical and must always be listening to criticism. Uh, I think Israel has to even be self-critical in a hyper way. And, and I think that we are. In, in many times. But we ought not to be malicious towards ourselves. And we ought to remind ourselves, especially in the week of uh, Israel Independence Day, all that which is good. Uh, which brings me to a couple of good things that I just think they're so obvious, it's important to state them. And it's uh, worthy to do so on Israel's 64th birthday. And I'm actually taking this from the Prime Minister's letter to the Diaspora. So I'm reading straight from it. Israel is unique in restoring sovereignty and the capacity for self-defense to a people who had been stateless and powerless for 2,000 years. Israel is unique in, in gathering to an ancestral homeland and exiled people who had been scattered around the globe. Israel's, and I would also add, and in reviving their tongue. Israel is unique in having become a global technological power despite the fact that we face threats faced by no other nation on earth. Israel is unique in the Middle East for having a vibrant liberal democracy where women are equal, minorities are free, and where all are subject to the rule of law. 
And I would add, Israel is unique in being part of a world people with communities around the world and in the Bay Area who are uniquely and unbelievably devoted to it and to its welfare. Which brings me to my final comment. Uh, I'm leaving uh, at the end of July. The person who is replacing me is a wonderful person. I know him. He's very skillful. I don't know if he's a Talmudist. But I'm sure he has many other skills that I, that I, that I do not. Uh, I've so enjoyed uh, the contact with Temple Emmanuel, with your rabbis, with your staff, with your tihilah. It was so wonderful to bring uh, President Perez here just a couple weeks ago. And I wanted to thank you for your friendship and for your love and for your lashon hatov. And toda uh, rabah. Shabbat shalom. Thank you.